0: Welcome to today's latest edition of talk Back hosted by yours truly, Gloria Shay. Thank you for tuning in. Today is September 5th. It is approximately 6 o'clock p.m., so wherever you're listening from, grab a cup of coffee and t- just enjoy with me a little bit of some history today. We're going to talk about Mount Rushmore and how the creation of Mount Rushmore is really a story of struggle and, to some, a story of desecration. Uh, among Indians at that time uh, in the Black Hills of a sacred land uh, really that was located and founded by the Sioux Indians. So we're going to talk about that today. Our sponsor is Renwood Luxury Cigar Lounge located right here in the city of Cleveland, 524 East 200th Street. And if you are a fan of cigar lounges, check them out. Uh, It's a great place. It's a very upscale cigar lounge. And it's a place to go for great conversation, just great times, meeting great people. I highly encourage you to stop in and let them know that Talkback did send you. You can reach them at 216-350-3094. That's 216-350-3094. That's Renwood Luxury Cigar Lounge located at 524 East 200th Street right here in the city of Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, so we're going to talk about some history for all the history buffs out there. Today we're going to talk about Mount Rushmore, story of struggle, story of desecration, story of pain, uh, a story that actually was not uh, wanted nor endorsed by the current occupants at that time in the 1800s uh, by the Sioux Indians. They were their first. There was a treaty in 1868 that the U.S. government promised the Sioux Territory, that included the Black Hills uh, in South Dakota there, and they promised a treaty, uh, but until gold was founded, uh, when the gold was founded there in the 1870s, uh, they kind of relinquished the treaty and the federal government moved in. They forced the Sioux Indians to relinquish the Black Hills portion of their reservation and uh, unfortunately, they took over the land. In South Dakota, City Bull and Crazy Horse led various uh, Sioux tribes against the U.S. Army. They were unsuccessful. Uh, and uh, at first, they had some success against uh, General George Armstrong Custer. Remember Custer last stand? While Custer and his troops, uh, uh, you know, the Army did defeat the battle of Little Bighorn in America's centennial year, that was in 1876. That did cause the federal government to kind of double down on its efforts to take over the land. And uh, Native Americans at that time started to experience a move out, a forced move out of their own land. And the, uh, unfortunately, uh, it just uh, it turned into something that they fought for, but unfortunately did not win. The, the area there in the land was built on sacred Native American land. It was sculptured. The faces on Mount Rushmore was sculptured by a man with ties to the Ku Klux Klan, okay. And uh, it, it paid patriotic tribute to foreign United States presidents. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Rez- Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. Uh, there were 60, as it is still today, 60-foot tall faces carved into the mountainside in the Black Hills of North Dakota. There's been numerous protests over the years over its location, over and on Indigenous Indigenous land. Um, and um, unfortunately it was stolen land. Uh, before it became known as Mount Rushmore, uh, the Lakota at that time, the name at that time, called this, uh, uh, this land or this granite formation um, something entirely, entirely different. In the late 1800s, Euro-American settlers began pushing into the Black Hills, igniting a war with the indigenous population. The U.S. government signed the treaty, as I said, of Fort Laramie in 1868, giving the Lakota exclusive use of the Black Hills. And within a decade, in about 10 years or so, gold was discovered in the, in the region. And in 1877, the U.S. broke the treaty and just simply took over the land. So unfortunately this happened and after they settled on the land, um, they actually just kind of the U.S. government kind of just did what they wanted to do. In the 1920s, South Dakota was now a United States state, it became a state of the U.S. And it had become a road trip destination for Americans in their uh, new horseless carriages. They motored in to see the newly designated Black Hills National Forest and Wind Cave National Park. That was the name that it was given. At that time, Governor Pete Norback had also built the Needles Highway, which created a real scenic route, winding and winding through the iconic granite formations of the Black Hills. Uh, Doan Robinson, who was a historian at the South Dakota State Historical Society, believed the state needed more to entice tourists. So in 1924, learning about an attempt to carve the likenesses of Confederate leaders into the site the site of Stone Mountain in Georgia, Robinson launched a campaign to create South Dakota's own mountain men. Robinson envisioned something just a bit different. Uh, he really was envisioning something very like to the Old West. He wanted carvings of historic figures like Lewis and Clark and others, and he had reached out to Stone Mountain sculptor, uh, Gazon Boglam, and uh, he eventually transformed the Granite Mountain into what it is today. It was controversy around Stone Mountain from the very, very beginning, Let's so let's recap. The United States actually came in and took the... The territory over from the Sioux Indians and uh, they actually claimed the land, the Black Hills, and uh, from then on they just decided to do whatever they wanted to do with it. Malcolm had gained fame for sculptures, sculptures honoring U.S. history as well as his, uh, he became involved with the Ku Klux Klan uh, which helped fund the Stone Mountain Project. In February of 1925, The association fired uh, Borglum, citing mismanagement of funds and his offensive egotism, his delusions of grandeur, his sacking, uh, actually made national news at the time, and uh, when Borglum destroyed the Stilton Mountain models, he actually then fled the state of South Dakota. By August of 1925, Borglum had agreed to work on Mount Rushmore, but not the way Robinson had pitched it. Borglum saw the carving as a testament to American superiorism, let's say. George Washington, the country's first president, would represents, which would represent its birth, Thomas Jefferson, who was credited with doubling the size of the United States, purchased the Louisiana Territory. territory. Theodore Roosevelt, overseeing the construction of the Panama Canal was a symbol of economic growth. And Abraham Lincoln was selected for having fought to preserve the nation in the Civil War. So over the next 16 years, Borkland fought with the federal government about funding and control of Mount Rushmore. He never did complete Mount Rushmore. He had hoped to carve the presidents down to their waist and chisel a description of the memorial next to them. But when it became clear there wasn't enough space for the latter, he decided to build a room behind the faces to hold U.S. historical artifacts. So in 1938, Borglum began blasting a 70-foot tunnel into the mountain for his Hall of Records. He was concerned about funding, there was a war going on at, at that time in Europe, and uh, eventually, or ultimately, the U.S. government uh, instructed Borglum to hold off on the hall until the four faces had been completed. Borglum was obsessed with building these um, these faces of the four presidents, and uh, he was just obsessed with it. But his health began to deteriorate. Not shortly after, he died on March 6, 1941, leaving his son Lincoln to continue his work. But the mountain had a limited amount of carvable surface. For example, for those that have visited Mount Rushmore, Jefferson's hand couldn't be completed due to the quality of the stone. And also, funding ran out. They did not have any more funding for the project. So the project was declared finished October 31st, 1941, with just the heads that you see uh, there today for those that have visited Mount Rushmore with um, the first president of our United States, George Washington, and then you had uh, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and then, of course, Abraham Lincoln. So the start of Mount Rushmore did not start as really something that was uh, uh, raved upon or even uh, requested by the majority of, of Americans. This was something that was spearheaded by a few gentlemen, one being a member of the Ku Klux Klan, and um, they ran out of funds. They, they built it on stolen land. It was, it's a story of struggle. It's a story of desecration. Actually, the Black Hills were sacred to the Lakota Sioux Indians, sacred land, and um, they fought it. Unfortunately, they just did not win the fight. It was a controversy from the start, and unfortunately, um, that's how the building of Mount Rushmore actually began. It's been a site of protest for many, many years, even uh, most recently as July 4th of 2021, where there were activists and members of different Native American tribes, they had blocked the road to Mount Rushmore National Monument in South Dakota. This happened just July 4th of last year. They protest both the visit of, the, of then US President Donald Trump and the fact that the, monu was, the monument was built on sacred land that, that the US government literally stole from the Sioux Indians. Fast forward just a bit, the civil rights movement in the 1960s inspired a wave of protest among Native Americans across the country and in the summer of 1970, protests came to Mount Rushmore, again with a few dozen activists from organization, from an organization that United Native Americans had uh, built and they, demand, they had demanded the return of the black Hills to the Lakota. That's the original name of the Sioux Indians. They're the Lakota Sioux Indians. And they had, uh, so it's it's not a story that has a shining history. And um, it's always been a great dispute about it because the land was actually taken from the uh, current occupants, the Indians, at that time. In 1980, there was a legal dispute that finally reached the U.S. Supreme Court And in this landmark case, the United States first Sioux Nation of Indians case, the United Supreme Court ruled that the U.S. government had improperly taken the Black Hills territory from the Lakotas, who were deemed and entitled to $17 million in damages. But the Lakota Sioux Indians declined the compensation and have since advocated for the return of the Black Hills instead. So they want the land back and they always have wanted it back. So it's sacred, it's indigenous ground. And uh, like I said, there was even a a recent protest on July 4th of even as recent as last year. So there's been proposals for change. There have always been a fight of protest about the land and they've been campaigning to add faces there's been a campaign to add faces to Mount Rushmore while the monument was still under construction as a matter of fact first lady Eleanor Roosevelt supported an unsuccessful 1936 proposal to put women's rights activist Susan B Anthony on Mount Rushmore did you know that I didn't I did not know that the idea that the memorial could somehow evolve, evolve, would live on. There have been many political partisans over the years suggesting adding John F. Kennedy, Ronald Reagan, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and even most recently, Trump. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's an interesting take, interesting history, and um, unfortunately, like so much of the U.S. history history, um, It isn't what it seems, it just is not what it seems. It didn't start out as actual U.S. government land, it was actually the Lakota Sioux Indians land. They were the original occupants in the area. When the white settlers arrived and they moved in, uh, they took the land, they actually created a treaty. uh, In 1868, the U.S. government promised The Sioux Indians that that territory that included the Black Hills would be in perpetuity, and but when gold was discovered, all bets off the table, and that's pretty much. How it ended. You're listening to Talk Back, hosted by yours truly, Gloria Shea. Our sponsor is Renwood Luxury Cigar Lounge, located at 524 East 200th Street, right here in the city of Cleveland. If you are a fan of cigar lounges, check out Renwood Luxury Cigar Lounge. Give them a call, 216 350 3094. That's 216-350-3094. Let them know that Talkback sent you. And um, there it's a great place for just relaxing, great conversation. And I'm sure you will not be disappointed. Check out Renwood Luxury Cigar Lounge here in the city of Cleveland. Yeah, so just a lot of good history there. I really, I'll tell you, I hadn't thought of much about doing a story on Mount Rushmore. But it's an interesting story. Uh, it's a story that people, you know, tons of people go and visit Mount Rushmore today in South Dakota. And they want to see it. It's And, and they, they view it as being a very important part of history. But it was a part of our history that was built on a, a real rocky foundation. And the land legally was not ours to do. And we actually went back on our word once Gold, gold figure, right, gold figure, gold was discovered there in that area, all bets were off. The U.S. took the land, period. And uh, there's a fight even today to request that the land be given back to the Sioux Indians. And they even wanted to um, make an agreement, compensation for that land of millions and millions of dollars. And I'll tell you, they rejected it. The Sioux Indians rejected the compensation of millions of dollars. They want their land back. It was sacred land. It was their land, and they want the land back. So I personally didn't know of this history, and I'm not sure many of my listeners knew of the history there of this land and why, um, how it came to be. And such, So we want to bring the story to you today here on Talk Back, share some really good information. There, every year, there are about 2 million visitors who walk uh, from the entrance of Mount Rushmore National Memorial in South Dakota. And they walk, you know, there to the Avenue of, what is called the Avenue of Flags, to peer up to the 60-foot image of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, and Teddy Roosevelt, dedicated 75 years ago, uh, the month of October. So the creator was uh, a gentleman by the name of Gudzon Borglum, and uh, it was an idea to celebrate these four presidents, Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Teddy Roosevelt, And um, the idea, I I don't have really much uh, anything against the idea, but it was built on stolen land, land that was taken at will by the U.S. government. Borglum was a sculptor. He did receive modest acclaim. Uh, he He did not become famous for his work on Mount Rushmore, and um, he had ties to the KKK, and um, he was an opportunist, many say, and um, he really did not receive the recognition that I'm pretty sure he thought uh, he would. There was, and, and let me just say as a footnote, there have never been real proof that Borglum officially joined the clan. Um, by the way, would supposedly help fund it the project, but um, he did become deeply involved with in clan politics. Uh, so it has been written. So um, in the mid twenties, um, he 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 kind of left the group. Uh, Everything was in disarray in his group. To this, I'm talking about the group to, that was formed to build, to work on the project around Mar- Rushmore. <clears throat> um, and by the way, I said you know he did pass. It was taken over by his son, and um, he he had he he really regretted. I mean, at, at the time he was pushed out, he was very very um, angry about it, and. Um, he uh, he wanted I think I'm assuming here I mean this is just my opinion but he wanted more fame than he actually actually did receive so um, I don't know how many of you out there of my listeners who have actually visited Mount Rushmore uh, and what you think of it um, but it's a it's a bit of our history that has been tattered and tainted unfortunately Mount um, Rushmore because of how it was act how it actually came about. You're listening to Talk Back hosted by yours truly Gloria Shay. Be sure and check out Talk Back Live. We've got an exciting show coming up. We're gonna feature Justin Glanville, who is a reporter producer of Idea Stream here locally. That's public television here locally seen on WCPN. Be sure and check us at 11 o'clock. That's this coming Saturday at September 11th. We're going to talk to him and we're going to find out some of the new features he's been working on for public television. And um, also uh, some other great news. We are working on a play called Sugar the Play. For those of you of my listeners, you may have actually seen some of the advertisement on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Sugar the Play. We have our own Facebook page. Page. If you're an actor, experienced or non-experienced, I highly encourage you to go to our Facebook page called Sugar the Play and upload your bio and your headshot and... Um, because we're going to be holding auditions coming up sometime October. We're going to have our first read of Sugar the Play. Sugar the Play is an urban play uh, in the era of the 1970s on the south side of Chicago. Sugar being the main character, who is pretty savvy guy who's in the game. He's in his 30s. He's in the uh, ultimate prime of his life. And he has some concerns about staying in the game. He really actually wants to get out of it. His um, best pal, his childhood friend Levi, whom he grew up with, got him in the game and actually wanted to introduce Sugar to the Golden Gloves because Sugar was a heck of a boxer. But Sugar was intrigued by what Levi was doing and what he was in and Levi and Lola, who's a older, attractive, streetwise woman. And very savvy of her own she handles the girls um, because they have the they have let's face the goods that they sell on the different blocks on the south side of Chicago and Lola's in charge of the girls and Lola is a love interest of Sugar he's quite crazy and quite enamorated with Lola Uh, she is his best friend other than Levi those are the only two people that he trusts on the entire earth and he has a great fondness, and he actually loves Lola. And, um, but something on the inside is eating up that sugar, and he really wants to know if there's something out there uh, other than what he's involved in, in life that could, that uh, you know, other things that he can do. He's a smart guy. And um, anyhow, so Sugar the Play, we're going to be opening up auditions right here in the city of Cleveland. So if you're Experienced actor or non experienced. We're looking for non experienced actors, and we're the reason for that is because more often than not, producers, writers of plays are always able to find a diamond in the rough. Is that you? If that's you and you don't have experience as a stage actor, give us a call 216 394 8926. That's 216 216- 394 or 8926, because we're looking for the character Sugar, we're looking for the character Levi, we're looking for the character Lola, and uh, we're looking for that Diamond and the Rock. And so these characters are gritty, they are fun, and um, we're looking to bring this play to the stage. There's uh, Sugar, this Levi. There's Lola. There's Renee, who's also a love interest of Sugar. Now keep in mind, Sugar's a dynamic uh, guy. I mean, he's got—he could have any girl he wants. He's got money. He's got looks. He's got—he's savvy. He's smart. He's enterprising, and he—you know—he really has a love for women. He's not—he's not that cold-hearted. A uh, guy from back in the 70s who, who were the pimp, played the pimp roles. he actually has a love and respect for women. He lost his mother at a young age, never knew his father. And uh, so he, he, he has a, a respect for women. There's Renee, who's his love interest. She's quite younger, and uh, he really has a great fondness for her, and she's involved in the church, and he thinks that eventually that will, is whom he would choose to be his wife. But he's torn between the life that exists and the life to come. Sugar, a story of redemption. And we are so excited about this play. We've gotten tremendous response from all over. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Which is where we are here locally. But all over the place. We really have Columbus, Ohio. We've got response from Columbus. I've had people say, I will travel in. If I get picked for the part, I'll travel in for rehearsals." So we're quite excited about. Then there's also Remy Martin, who's an old school gangster. And there's Marshall, the young school gangster. And there's Roscoe, the two-timing, double-dealing bartender who double-crosses Sugar and brings about um, the uh, ultimate fall of Sugar. And then there's a soldier boy, who's a rival gang kingpin of Sugar. And then there is also, there's Pastor Heaven Highway. These are some fun characters, Pastor Heaven Highway, uh, and I won't give all the story away. But he's he's um, he's always going to be in the the thick of the story because he's actually Sugar's natural father. He knew Sugar's mother, but they never uh, he never admitted to it, and uh, Sugar had his thoughts about it. wasn't sure. Uh, quite angry because he's thinking that this might have been his dad, but he's angry because uh, the the guy never really uh, acknowledged it, and so Sugar grew up without his mom and ultimately not knowing his real father. Aunt Sil is a character in the play, and she is Sugar's aunt, and um, he's close to his aunt Sil, and she leaves something uh, that opens a door for Sugar to have other options in life. And uh, we have so many great characters in this play, so many great characters in this play. It's a story of redemption, it's a story of one finding himself in the end and actually being able to come out of a life torn into a life reborn. So if you are a stage actor with experience, go to Sugar the Play Facebook page, upload your bio and your headshots if you're inexperienced even, and if you're locally right here in the city of Cleveland, check us out, go to the page, upload your information. We want to make sure that we talk with you. We're going to have our first first read of Sugar actually on Talk Back Live sometime in October. I'm not sure if it's gonna be early October or later October, but the response has been tremendous. And I wanna thank each and everyone who's responded uh, to the play of Sugar. So thank you for tuning in. I certainly hope you enjoyed the short story about Mount Rushmore. Just some history there. Some of the things I did not even know. I didn't know it was built on an indigenous land, indigenous land there uh, by the Sioux Indians and the Black Hills of South Dakota. That was sacred land to them. That was land that was very, very sacred. And that's why they're still fighting for it today. They turned down money. I mean, millions of dollars that the US government had proposed to pay them for the land. And uh, they turned it down very recently here. And um, um, they want the land back. They want it the blend back. I'll tell you something I didn't even know as well, that there's been proposals to add faces to Mount Rushmore While the monument was still under construction, by the way, First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt supported a proposal in 1936 to put women's rights activist Susan B. Anthony on the rock. And it didn't happen. Later, down the road there a bit, a few years later, uh, they were thinking of there was proposals for adding John F. Kennedy, Ronald Reagan, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt to Mount Rushmore. Imagine, though, that sometime in the future, they probably will add more to it. The Civil Rights Movement, we can't ignore this, the Civil Rights Movement of the 1960s has really inspired so many groups of people who felt injustice, not just, I mean, women's rights, let's face it, women's rights felt the power and the need to stand up for their rights, all because of the Civil Rights Movement of the 1960s. And even the Native Americans across the country were inspired to stand up and fight for their land because of the Civil Rights Movement of the 1960s. So the Civil Rights Movement was certainly a bedrock for a lot of different movements here in our, in our country, and um, we must never, never, ever forget forget that. Borglum died March 6th of 1941. He left his son Lincoln to continue his work, and uh, he actually wanted to include not just the headshots of the president, but he wanted to add other parts of the body and um, funds they ran out of money. And the project actually was declared finished on October 31st, 1941. So that's why you only see the headshots currently and nothing more than that. Um, So it's it's an interesting story, um, a story that we should all know the history and how it actually uh, how it actually began. Uh, It's a controversial story and um, Went through a lot of different changes, and um, he was he had ties to the KKK, and uh, so um, I'm not sure if he'll ever get around to putting uh, the image of Barack President uh, Barack Obama on there or not. Our 45th or 46th president, don't know, but interesting uh, sculptor. Gurzon Borglum worked on the original basis of Mount uh, Mount Rushmore. Okay, you've been listening to Talk Back, hosted by yours truly, Glory Shea. I certainly hope you enjoyed the show today. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to tune in to Talk Back Live this coming Saturday, September 11th at 11 o'clock a.m. We'll be live on Facebook. We'll be live on YouTube. Go to our YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to talk back and our sponsor today is uh renwood luxury cigar lounge located at 524 east 200th street right here in the city of cleveland a great relaxing place to visit if you're a fan of cigar lounges i highly encourage you to check them out let them know that talkback sent you and you can reach them for hours at 216-350 3094 that's 216350 3094 you've been listening to talk back thank you for listening until next time america you have been listening to talk back with my grandma on spotify be sure and catch her every weekend oh and by the way my name is kari bye